Hi, today I have a very special guest for you. I am going to interview Jessica Locke, who is a holistic yoga mindset and human design guide. She helps overwhelmed go-getters recalibrate and find clarity in their lives through her company, Whole and Unleashed. Now, this episode is a special one because A, it is going to be the last episode for the year 2023, so you'll see me again in the new year, so I'm going to be taking a break over the Christmas period. And also, I mean, aside from the fact that I sound a little bit uh, funny right now, it's a very nasally kind of intro. This was a very spontaneous episode to record because, well, I'll explain everything. So sit back and enjoy the episode. Hi, this is Adina and you're listening to the Wealth Rebellion podcast. Thank you so much for being on the Wealth Rebellion podcast. Today, I have a very special guest for you, someone, and I'm going to tell you this story in a moment, who very spontaneously decided that she would agree to my invitation to be on the Wealth Rebellion podcast. Welcome, Jess. Hi, Adina. Thank you so much for having me. I am always down most of the time for human design, just talk or life talk. I want these connection about why are we this way? <laughs> Trying to understand ourselves better. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. So shall we, shall we share the story real quick of how this little meet cute happened? Yeah. Do you want to share it from your side? Because you're like, I'm, I'm just like, here's what I did. Let me dump it. <laughs> I think it'd be cool to hear it from your end. From my end. I mean, so on Instagram, sometimes I share things. I try to right now with like the busyness, I try to like dip in and out. Like I don't, I try not to spend a lot of time in it, but that day I was like, oh, check your, you know, the requests and all that. I don't check it often. And then I get this message from Adina. I'm like, who are you? I'm like, well, why not? I'm curious. I'm like, okay, I'll just, you know, respond and see and like, you know, gauge from there. And then, you know, eventually one thing led to another. And here we are a few weeks, a week later. I don't even know time when did that happen? I don't know either. Probably like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So the way that I happened on my end, and I think this is a really cool segue into what this episode is going to be about. The I was researching my chart in typical first line fashion. If you're listening to this and you have no idea what a first line is, don't worry, we shall enlighten you. <laughs> but what that basically means, I like to research shit. So <laughs> I was researching my North and South nodes because unlike all of the other placements in your human design chart, these are themes. They're not things that are actually like that you have a lot of influence over. And so I just wanted to learn a little bit more about this because technically I'm still in my South node. I'm 34 years old at the time of this recording. And so I wanted to see what well, is this something that I can expect in my future, right? Um, and then I research this a little bit because I quite like seeing different interpretations from different human design experts, right? Because like I'm biased. So I have all the books, I have all the studies and I'm just like, well, I need to, I need someone else. And so I randomly stumbled across Jess's blog and I'm just like, okay, well, this is really nicely written, nicely formatted, love the way it looks. And then all of a sudden I see that the the author who at the time was unknown to me who currently sits in front of me is just like yeah so I have this gate as well and here's how I experience this I'm like I need more of this and <laughs> I need more people who experience and explain what it feels like to them because and at the time I didn't know that either 
Jess happens to also be a projector, which makes this conversation even more exciting. So I then decided to reach out to her and be like, hey, do you want to discuss the placements that we have in common and what it might feel with other people? Um, because I think after last week's episode where I talked about some of these things, like here's like, this is not wrong with you, right? So if you haven't listened to episode 17 yet, please do, because a lot of your chart can explain some of the things that are considered flaws, but really they're some of your greatest gifts. And so mm-hmm. here we are now, two projectors. Jess, do you want to share a little bit about what your design is and just quickly explain it in a way for anyone who doesn't actually know human design yet? And if you haven't listened to my other episodes where I have human design one-on-one. <laughs> I, I like this challenge because I'm like, I love human design, but also it can get very complicated. Um, for those that do understand a little bit, I'm a 4-6 splenic projector. And I'm like, how do I explain this? <laughs> projector similar to Dina, we are very, we're designed to focus on one person at a time in a way. That's kind of like our gift to be very focused. And yeah, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> like, how else can I use it? <laughs> Isn't it funny that, that literally what we talked about, right? We have open heads. wide open crowns you and I and we just forget stuff in the moment we're like I can say everything but also like how do I not overwhelm so I end up saying the minimum until somebody tells me like okay give me more information I'm like okay I I can do that yeah no I love it and I love that this is sort of coming up because again I think when we sort of look at this just like oh yeah maybe maybe it's okay for me to like like I know my stuff but also right now there's neither beginning middle or end so I don't really know what to grab onto yeah yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely love this conversation. So Jess, when tell us a little bit about in the very beginning, how did you get into human design so that uh, myself as well, because again, this meeting happened so fast so that I can learn a little bit more about you as well, because I just have the vibes at the moment and the vibes were perfect. Yeah. Yeah. This feels so easy like because making friends as an adult is hard <laughs> or oh, even so when I'm never, it's hard to make friends period <laughs> yes but this has felt very welcoming and friendly but thank you for having me um how did I find human design it was through a podcast I had signed up for like a business mastermind a few years ago and the lead the the main organizer of the mastermind had a podcast so she was talking about human design and I had seen it pop up a few times and I was very resistant to it because I was trying to move away from graphic design. Like, I don't want anything to do with design. Like, this is, it was probably about accessibility and all that. And I'm like, I, this is important, but I think I want to focus on myself. But then I I don't know why I caved. I'm like, okay, fine. It's appearing a few times. That means something. And then once I started to listen, I'm like, this has nothing to do with graphic design. <laughs> it just has the word in it. And it's just like, what? This is about types and how we operate and I resonated with the projector part because I think the years prior to that, I spent a lot of time like healing my body, taking care of myself. I had gone through so much burnout because I was in an environment that wasn't supportive for me anymore. And I had thought like, why am I not back to like, quote unquote, normal? Why am I still exhausted? In terms of, I was just a projector. I'm not meant to be going all the time. I was also on the roof. So all those things started to make sense, similar to the, your previous episode that I listened to, where like all these things I thought was wrong with me was actually, <laughs> I was just being myself totally healthy. I need more sleep than other people. Nothing wrong with me. I am very sensitive. 
nothing wrong with me. I just have more tools to take care of myself. Yeah. I love that. How long, how long have you been on this journey? Um, what year are we? 2023. So maybe three, four years. Wow. Yeah. Nice. With like the human design lingo though, but I feel like the healing journey, the mindset, all that started, gosh, maybe 10 years ago. And I think without, without that foundation, human design might've stressed me out even more, <laughs> might've taken me like on the extreme of like, this is the quote unquote correct way to do it. This is, you know, people say this is wait for the invitation, but now I'm like, no, it's, it's life, you know, take it or leave. It doesn't really matter. It's not the end of the world. So I think I've been able to carve out my voice because of that. Otherwise, I don't think I would be sharing about human design. I would be terrified of, again, quote unquote, getting it wrong, being, sometimes I do get comments from people that are like, this is not right. How dare you say such thing? What is wrong with you? I'm like, well, you keep commenting and clearly I can't comment back because they have like a private profile. I'm like, there is no conversation here, but you comment almost on every post I do. <laughs> so that's kind of like the extreme of like, human design, do I grasp onto it? Is it real? Is it not real? And then it's like, you know what? It's been useful so far. So why not continue with it and explore? I love this. And I also love, and we're probably going to dive into this in a moment because like I've got, um, for, for you who are listening right now, you can't see the screen. Basically, Jess and I, we've shared we shared our human design body graphs with each other so that we can basically look at it. Because again, there are a couple of similarities. We just found out we're both born in the same year. We're both born on the fifth, just in different months, right? So it's it's really interesting to sort of see some of the placements. And especially when I see the um, unconscious side of yours, the uh, sun and earth, very yeah. similar to mine. I've got, I mean, I've got so much shock and fight in my chart. You can see, right? Like 51. Yes. And your chart is three months, my design part, like before I was already, yeah. so, you know, the connection of it, I don't know why I just clicked, even though we talked about it, but I'm like, oh, exactly three months. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even make the click until you just said it right now as well. It's just like your design site. Um, if you don't know what design is, it's on the left side, anything that's read in your chart, depending on if you use the Jovian archive or the, my body graph. Uh, I think Geminetic Matrix might also be red. Um, I'm mm -hmm. unsure about some of the other ones. So the part of your chart that's unconscious, that's what we would also refer to as the body or the design part. And the other thing that's black is personality or conscious. Um, just as the name says, subconscious part of it, right? So yeah, your your unconscious side is very, very similar to mine, just purely based on the fact that when I was born, your design side was created. Yeah. So fun. How connected? Like everybody's connected. <laughs> Everybody is connected. And I just love this. So um, I thought it would be really fun because, again, I've delved into like human design one-on-one. -on -one. We've got an episode on human design one-on-one. -on -one. We've got an episode on some of the centers and their low expressions and how you can get the gifts. So something that I thought would be really fun to discuss is how do we both, um, and I mean, I'm going to still focus on you because projector. Um, how do we both experience our particular design? And I think I'm going to get a few other human design types in in the future, manifestors, generators to discuss similar things. But for now, we're having a projector and projected conversation. So tell me a little bit about how do you experience the world as a projector? <laughs> Whoa. Big question, um, eh? I know. Big question. Where do I even start? 
I feel like as a projector, what I've noticed, we are very in tune with the people around us, regardless of like what definition you have, you know, but especially as someone with a few open centers, seven open centers, I am very sensitive to my environment. Like I can know mentally what is happening, but I can't control what, how my body is reacting to it. So sometimes, you know, after, you know, a lot of areas where it's energetically charged, a lot of people, a concert, like my body is just like, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta release some of this energy. Otherwise, if I keep going on my day as I used to do in the past, you know, oh, I'm fine. I, you know, I can sleep five hours and I'll pick it up because people say it's not as bad according to studies. <laughs> my body will be like, no, like you need to release it because you're not built to release and move like the majority of the world, which is like a lot of generator energy and how the world has been set up. So sometimes it feels like I'm playing catch up or like I'm trying to slow down ground myself while everything mm. is moving like a zillion miles an hour. But at the same time, it gives me a lot of when I'm rooted in myself and I know what I need, it gives me a lot of power to be like, no, this is not my rhythm. This is not my flow. I trust myself. So you know, at the beginning, it felt like, oh my gosh, I'm just being dragged along. And then eventually, you know, finding my pace and being, it's okay. I just have a different pace. I can just hop in and out. I'm not meant to, like a lot of us, we all have cycles. I'm just not meant to do something like full time or completely work consistently and feel energized by that. Like my body has different needs. Mm. There are a couple of points that I want to touch on that you mentioned because not only can I relate but it's also something that I gave myself the hardest time for for the longest time much like you when it was like it's very easy for me and I can see that you are what would be classed as an energy projector you and I both are right so we're not the traditional quote-unquote as the textbook says you can only work three to four hours like we can do longer and sometimes we want to do you sometimes find that as well yes yes especially if it's something that I enjoy doing and I'm in the flow there are moments where like that sacral energy that root energy I'm like thank you that I'm able to like you know borrow it but then it sometimes it's hard to shake it off Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. oh my god I have the same thing and I think that sometimes makes it really hard to allow yourself to rest do you find yes. that yes because yes. I'm just like I want to keep going and I, I don't keep, know. it feels so good too right so it when does. people say like I'm like it feels good until you know I check in maybe an hour later it's like okay no my body is it's a little bit sore but sometimes it's also in the transit and in the people around us right so learning to be like yeah I'm going to be working with this energy like the energies we amplify and the energies project they're not good or bad we don't have to be mm. afraid of it I love this and honestly I can't wait what else this conversation is going to have because again if you are someone um so Jess's human design chart you're a single definition for anyone who doesn't know what a single definition is basically how many breaks have you got between all of your (laughs) energy centers centers. right between your energy centers Jess has got um two centers defined her spleen and her heart center Everything else is undefined. Now, me, on the other hand, I am a split definition. And that basically just means that between all of the centers that I have defined, they're not all connected at once. I have one split in between there. And for my design, I have got the root, the solar plexus, the spleen. Again, you don't need to know what that is. The G center and the throat defined, right? So I've got four, sorry, five centers 
five centers. See, the math doesn't math today. Five centers defined <laughs> and four undefined. So we like we have a bit of a vastly different design when it comes to these things. And I have always found that when I very first heard of human design, this idea of well, projectors can only work like you're only designed to work three to four hours. I felt equally <laughs> um, good, like relieved that I heard it and equal parts really fucking annoyed about it because yes. I'm like, yes, because I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> we, we need to make a living in this material world. <laughs> you right? know, I could just go to my boss and be like, hey, <laughs> our boss is like, we can only work three hours today. I'm like, yeah, okay, <laughs> that, should, that should be enough. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Were you self-employed at the time when you found that out? Yes, I was. So I had a little bit of freedom to explore, but I was also like in the midst when you're building your own business, you know, similar to you, we have our own hours, we have our own thing. And I mean, lucky enough, we do, I'm like, I'm making an assumption things that we enjoy. So that in itself can feel very energizing. Mm. So knowing between like, oh my gosh, like people are recognizing us, they're inviting us, opportunities are happening. And at the same time, like, okay, pump the brake a little bit. You've amplified this very delicious energy. Sometimes there's this MG energy in our charts. And I feel like an energizing bunny, energizer bunny. I'm just like hopping, bouncing, like I can do everything. Uh -huh. And then it's almost like the, the weaning off of that energy and be like, oh, the crash is coming. But do I have to crash as hard if I'm aware of it? Can I prepare for it? A bubble bath helps me like kind of, you know, wean off that energy so I, I can, you know, come down the ride, the high. <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's one of these things that I have noticed myself with the crash. I'm still resisting to it. I'm like, oh, yes. just, just a moment longer. I'm also a defined route. So for me, then I get the impulse. And if I get the impulse to keep doing, much to my yeah. partner's dismay, he's got an undefined route. Oh, so I, he must felt like angsty around you, does he? Like yesterday night at 9 p.m., I'm like, can you open the loft for me, please? He's like, why? I'm like, I just need to, like, out of nowhere. Like, he's sitting on the sofa chilling. He's ill at the moment, probably like a flu or something. And I'm like, can you open the loft for me real quick? Because I'm vertically challenged. <laughs> out of nowhere I get out of the shower and he's just like what do you want to do and then suddenly just felt this urge that I needed to put like the Christmas decoration up in the loft and he's like can you not wait a couple of days I'm like no it's like perfect it's perfect felt. example of this right of the energy buildup so my husband he has a divine root and I see him and they call it you know it's procrastinating on the outside it seems like why don't you just do the thing you want to do and it's just like taking your sweet time. Like, it's fine. My I'm amplifying that repression because for me, when there's something to be done and I have capacity, do it. Like, it moves my body. I can't control it. It's almost like this. If I don't move it, it takes over me or it just makes me anxious. For him, it needs to build up. Yeah, yeah, build yeah. Up, build up. And then I see it. I'm like, even learning about that in our relationship has been like, oh, he's not just being annoying. <laughs> <laughs> do you know it's like the other way around for me where it's just like why can't you just quickly get up and do the thing it's just like but I think we have to which which is a really cool conversation to have right so this empathy between um the root pressure so if you haven't listened to the um human design one-on-one -on -one episode the root center is one of the two pressure centers that we have in human design that's where kind of like the stress the drive to do something comes from best example i can give you i'm not someone who can lie in bed the moment i wake up like when i'm up i'm up 
Oh, it takes me a while. I'm starting to be better because otherwise I'll be scrolling for like an hour. I'm like, I waste it. It doesn't feel good. So I'm trying to set better custom habit where I'm like, okay, open the blinds, sit up, journal. And that helps me kind of like, okay, energy enough. Because otherwise, I think I talked about my undefined route before where I feel paralyzed by all the things I have to do mm. and there's not enough energy. I want you to talk about that a bit because I actually have quite a lot of clients and people in my audience, obviously, what what's the percentage again of people? Is it like 70% have the root undefined or something? It's the majority of people. Something like that. Yeah. Right. So uh, like the majority of the people, again, don't quote me, there are people who are much better <laughs> at calculating this. So take the numbers from them. But the majority of people have the root center undefined. So a lot of the people in my audience actually have this undefined. And the thing that I have to coach on a lot is like the stress of a to-do list, but also the the comfort, the salvation of a to-do yes. list, right? So how do we how do we do a to-do list in a way that's actually helpful and releasing? Yeah. Right. How do you experience this? So you're growing your business, you're building your empire, you're making sure that you have an impact as a full six as well. Like you're becoming that role model, you're building your network. When it comes to that stress, that pressure that you're feeling, how do you navigate that? I first start with recognizing it. So there are days where it's, you know, fun things are happening, but it's almost like this pair because the, it's a pressure center and it's also the adrenaline. So we feel it in our bodies. And I have a lot of activations in my roots. So I do feel like I can fight someone that day. I can promote someone, whatever, you know, the other transits are influencing me to do. So I recognize it. Writing the to-do list. So like you said, sometimes it starts out as very comforting. And then if I keep adding things to it that I know it doesn't need to be there, that's when it gets overwhelming. So I reduce it to like top three or five things. And sometimes I check off two in the day and be okay with that instead of adding like 10 things like buy milk, buy lotion. Like this does not have to go on the same list. That could be in another list. So that helps me also be like, okay, you don't have to do all the things. So the <laughs> the root is not like, I don't have enough energy for you to go doing all that thing. And then also moving my body. I think sensitizing with my body, if I'm just breathing in and I'm like, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> I am safe. I have this time and I have an appointment later in the day, but I'll be okay. Like it doesn't take me five hours to go to that appointment. I've heard that from other undefined moods where if they have one meeting or one appointment in the way in the day, that's later in the day. It's almost like their entire day can't, it doesn't flow. It's like, oh, we have to make sure we get there on time. Oh, do we? Do you experience that as a defined route? <laughs> not at all. No, no, no. I see it in my partner again. My 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 partner. He isn't so much into human design. I'm trying to uh, build yeah, the yeah. plant the seed, yes. but um, I can see it in him. That's exactly how like his undefined route. I haven't got a chart in front of me. I don't even know if he has many activations, but I'm sure he has some activations in there. But that's him. For me, I'm not necessarily faced. Now, I have a traditional German upbringing. So for me, there was a lot of societal conditioning in the beginning that I've now overcome. Also, I'm a Sagittarius rising. So oh. in the in the beginning, like before, while I still lived with my parents for the first 19 years of my life, I was conditioned to always be half an hour before an appointment, right? Mm -hmm. So I was conditioned to stress. And so here is how I always experienced it. In order to avoid confrontation 
And in order to avoid having to explain myself and to look lazy, I learned to look stressed. Oh, mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. Oh, as if like, oh, I've got this. I'm figuring it out. Yeah, yeah. So I I learned from a very young age that if I don't, so as a, as a kid, you can throw me in the deep end. Stress doesn't bother me. I always did very well when I was put in stressful situation. I always thought that there was like, why am I not more frantic about like everyone else around me runs around like headless <laughs> chickens. Why am I not doing this? You can probably like you probably I'm the headless chicken. <laughs> you're the headless chicken, right? So yes. I sit there and my whole family would be running around like headless chicken. I think only one of my family members has a defined root, which I think uh. is my dad. I have to check or maybe my mom Well, either one of them. And um, if I didn't look stressed, then they were like, well, clearly you haven't got enough to do. So let me give you more. So in order to avoid being given more things, I learned to look stressed. That is, I I just love hearing about this because, yeah, the things we do to cope, (laughs) to survive. (laughs) Right. And so like to me again, and I think this is a, this is a really interesting conversation. So when I have people who also around me who have a defined route, I think people can very much relate to this idea of just like, well, yeah, every time I didn't look stressed enough, my boss would give me more work. My parents, like my school teachers would give me more work. And I'm just like, well, but I'm also a bit tired. So can you just all not. And also why do I have to look stressed? And so like, could, can you imagine the limiting beliefs that I had to overcome in my business mm. where I was just like, well, I have to look a certain way. I have to look like I'm busy all the time. Yeah. There was for the longest time, there was this idea. Have you got Acuity, the calendar? I, I've i seen it, but I don't use it yet. Okay. So in Acuity, that, that's a calendar you basically booked yourself in. Any one of you who books themselves in with me will have an Acuity calendar link. So basically there's an option in Acuity, someone with a defined route must have developed this tool, I promise you. There's an option where you can appear busy. So if you are someone who just starts out, you can tell the calendar, take randomly 50% of your um, appointments away so that you look busy. I used to click that because I didn't want people to think that I am lazy. So when they book themselves in, I didn't want them to think, oh, well, Adina, she's clearly not doing enough. She's clearly not working enough. It was like, think about that for a moment. It took me such a, like a, you know, it's such a big piece of conditioning, but especially for a projector where you're like, so much of your wisdom comes when you are rested, Mm -hmm. like a lot of people, you know, but yeah, how was that? I'm curious. I want to ask about you now. Like, how was it like finding that correlation? It was, it, it took me years. I only actually found it out like a year or two ago. Um, it was, it was really bizarre. And to be honest, at that point, I forgot that that setting was in my calendar. Right. Right. But when I finally found that out, and I think I shared this with the people when I was in like the first time I ran a the, the academy that I'm running, which is also another, like, that's the other pressure center that I'm sharing with you in a moment. The first time I ran my program last year in September, the Wealth Rebellion Academy, which took me two years to create, I shared it with the ladies that I found this belief. And I'm just like, oh my God, I never realized that I'm actually compensating to look busy 
so that people don't judge me. And I'm also a fifth line profile. So I'm constantly yes. oh, under the these projections. projections, right? Like those projections. And it's so, it's so cool that I've seen that you're a fourth line. So this is very advanced human design, but uh, I don't know who said it. I think it might've been Erin Claire Jones. It might've been Jess Fields. I don't know who said it, but she says under every fourth line profile is a fifth line who took them under their wing. Uh, I don't I, know. Yeah, my husband's a fifth line. <laughs> and when I, I read that, I saw that. I was like, yes, you've adopted me. <laughs> and I just thought it's so cool. So when I saw, not that I'm taking you under my wing, but I just love the the connection, like I have so many fourth lines in my life and I love it, right? Because it's part of that network. Like for fifth lines, if you have a fifth line profile, you get that external network, you get the internal network, but maybe sometimes you, I don't know if you have some fifth line placements in your chart, I haven't really looked right now, but there's so much going on. And so I love that when I see these little correlations, how we're all connected, how it really all works together. Because again, I didn't know you, you didn't know me, you had no reason to open your messages that day. I think I even said, I'm just like, I don't even know if you're like, it's going to be in your message request. You probably think it's really weird. Like, (laughs) I'm like, if you happen to read it, like, this is like, cool. If you reply, cool, right? Like there was literally, I just literally put my hands in the end. I'm just like, I doubt anything's going to come of it. But I'm wondering... Like as a projector, the thing that we always try to suss out, it's just like, oh, but how do I get invitations? Oh, yeah. Right? So I would actually wager to say that that was an invitation, <laughs> right? And it comes out, it came out of nowhere for you. Like we, I have never heard of you before. Never, ever, yeah. right? I just Googled something that day. So I think what would be really cool for everyone who's a projector as well, Right like you and me, we've been on the journey for a little while. So I know now what I need to step into, even though I resist it sometimes, I'm not going to lie, right? Because <laughs> taking my own medicine is really fucking bitter. Right? Being human is hard. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it is a lot of work. And this adulthood has been vastly oversold. <laughs> I thought that when I was told as a kid that when you're older, you can do what you want, that I would right? have all the fun and no responsibility. No consequences. And things are just fun. No, things are just a little bit more hectic (laughs) right and so I'm wondering so in sort of what embodiment were you in or maybe that's like a bit of a triggering word like maybe not embodiment what were you kind of like what energy were you in were you in that playful energy I'm guessing it wasn't a bitter energy because I would like to explain what it feels like Mm. before we get an invitation oh that this is one of the questions a lot of people come to me with, especially because a lot of people come to me when they're burnout, they've been stuck. So they're, they're at a crossroads and they're, mm-hmm. so it's almost like grasping for like, well, nothing is working. How the hell am I supposed to just sit back and wait for things? Yeah, to yeah, yeah. Totally valid, totally, totally valid. Um, the invitation, but I'm also a fourth line. So everything I say, like take it with a grain of salt because fourth line, a lot of how my energy moves and activate it is through the people closest to me. They might be mm-hmm. like, you know, recommending me to other people. They might also help me build a foundation. So for the invitation, well, when I had your invitation, it was more, I was in a very playful open and I've had a couple of years to get there. Versus when I first started my business in 2018, late 2018, I was like, okay, I burn it all down. You too, you too. See, 
I think our like our our Saturn returns are like all the South North nodes are like pointing us towards like you know similar but also like different things to explore, right? I want to hear more about it. I'm seeing your reaction. I'm like, I want to hear more about it. You can't like, depending on how this YouTube video will be uploaded, but on the podcast, if you're just listening on the podcast channel, you can't see my face. I am (laughs) giddy with excitement. It's ridiculous. (laughs) The resonance, right? I Yeah. So when I started to build my business, I was like, I need to reach out. I had all those marketing plans. I had all those things that were mechanical. Like it wasn't connected to me. I was just desperately trying to make as much money as I gave up (laughs) that I didn't know that was the motivation that was the drive I didn't know for the longest time until I look back I'm like wait why am I pressuring myself when I'm just starting at this kind of new venture to make as much as money as I did in a job that I spent like 10 years building up to like it was just so much pressure so there was bitterness obviously because I was offering a ton of freebies I was doing a lot of like under not undervaluing myself I think I had a lot of insecurity that I had to prove Mm. that I didn't know enough so my prices weren't high but no not a lot of people I you know I made enough to pay the bills but it was just like why is it so hard why are there no invitations and there was one summer where I'm like I'm going to do the bare minimum to keep the business afloat I'm going to still do some design because I need to pay the bills I you know I think I came to peace at that and then invitations started coming just when I was like, I'm doing the bare minimum. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm taking the summer off. And when I took time off because, you know, I got out of my mind, I got up doing make work because I thought that would grow my business. That happened to be more efficient. It's almost like people could sense my energy. Like, oh, she's more relaxed. Maybe this, you know, maybe she has an idea about what burnout is versus me being like, Here's all the things you could do. Like, you know, yelling. And then no one sees you. No one sees you. And then bitterness for a projector, especially of like, wait, you've asked me about this. I'm telling you what you need Uh and you're not following it. Mm -hmm. Not the right invitations. (laughs) I, do you sometimes get this when you have this resonance? So uh, for anyone who doesn't know, we talk about resonance in human design when people are, and again, another buzzword for like another like inward when people are in your trajectory, which this very much feels like when you found your people for lack of a better word, yeah. right? Yeah. I always get goosebumps. Do you get that? <sighs> I did right now when you said it, I felt it I'm like oh, big one in my back. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. So I always like you, you talked about it and you're just like, oh, I'm playful. And I'm just like, and I just get goosebumps. So that's always like, that's when I know it's an energetic confirmation for me. And I just love the idea of it. And so for all of you who are projectors out there, this, like, I can't tell you how true this is for when I coach people every, like, it's the same conversation. The moment I let go, the moment I allowed myself to not like, like to just surrender and be like almost fuck it and be like fine whatever I'll do the bare minimum that's when invitations flowed in yeah and it's really fun when we look at the energetics because tell me this shit isn't real yeah when we all as projectors have the same not just projectors I've got a manifesto client who sent me a man who sent me a message this morning she was just like yeah so uh I took a I took a nap and uh, I've had woke up to an inbox full of clients who wanted to work with me in twenty months. Like, just give yourself what you need. Just yeah. take care of yourself. Which sounds so like that's it. That is the magic. It sounds wrong, right? Because it's just like, well, right? that can't be it. Yeah, 
we need to try harder. We need to be more stressed. We need to we need to rest harder. So that's when we go into oh. panic resting. Have you done that before? When I'm just like, well, I'm taking time off and I'm doing these things and then we still don't see the results. Yes. Have you had that yes. as well? Yes, because my mind, because I was still anxious. I had so many insecurities. I had so many beliefs that I wasn't addressing because I was resting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to and talk a bit about that? that? Because yeah. I think like this is such, this is another sort of like, hard where a lot of people get really stuck on they're like yeah but Adina I am resting and I'm like I can oh. tell <laughs> but there's a resistance behind the rest and my resistance personally was that I have been conditioned that if I'm resting before I have accomplished what I have I'm lazy I'm not working hard enough so I do have a defined heart so my mighty heart was like well you used to work 12 hours at an agency you can put 12 hours on your business recovering from burnout. And I just, I was burning out in my own business when I first started. And I could not understand that because I'm like, I changed the environment. I changed the, you know, the uh, the output of where the source of it, but it was the learned behaviors that I had to decondition because I was bringing that energy into my business and like push, push, push. But my body was just like, I'm telling you to rest. I'm sending you all those signs. That's why you keep going to a naturopath and nothing's happening. <laughs> you're getting all these support, but you're not really aligning with what you need. Tell us a little bit about what that might look like. You're getting the support, but you're not aligning with what you need. Because mm. I think, again, when I was in the beginning of my journey, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. But to hear it from someone else, I think like in this case, you, and in, in layman's terms as well, like, what does that mean? What does it look like for someone, uh, for you in particular? So it feels very mechanical. And even when I was doing yoga back then, even when I was doing all the things that was good for me, it was from a mental perspective. It was like, well, I'm sleeping seven hours. I'm sleeping eight hours. I'm going to take the supplement. So I'm doing all those things to my body, but I never really just listen. And I think it's because I didn't feel safe enough to drop into my body. And then that's when, you know, all the beliefs were, it was my, I don't like using limiting beliefs, but it was, you know, the beliefs that I had to do that to feel better without checking if I actually felt better. And the reality was that I was exhausted. I just, I kept thinking something was wrong with me. That was the motivator. Mm. So when you're doing yoga because you think, oh, you know, you're stressed, so you have to do it to feel better. It's a different energy than like, oh, let me connect to my body. Let me stretch. Let me see if this feels good. It's like a different energy. Even like me talking about it feels like a different energy because the approach is different. The intention. I just didn't know that all the motivators behind all those ways to take care of myself came from fear, came from like, I'm not catching up with the rest of, of the world. My day doesn't look like the rest of the world. And that is almost like, well, everything you're doing is mechanical. doesn't mean that what I do, what I did then is unhealthy. It's just that, yeah, wasn't the right mindset behind it until now, until now. I don't know if that's the right way to connect the door. Yeah, I my brain, I can't connect the dots. But now when I do do the yoga and do the, you know, foods to nurture myself, it comes from this deeply rooted place of like, what feels yummy, not less judgment. Mm. I'm trying to think of an example of what it felt like for me, not because I need to sort of add anything, but because I think no, it really please. just helps. 
I relate to a lot of what you said. Like for me, I call it like the manic resting. It's just like it's resting, but I'm still solving problems. Again, as a fifth line, yes. like I'm here to find solutions, right? But also yeah. I'm then trying to manically find solutions to myself. So I have a I have two energy centers out of four energy centers to find. So I've got the root and I've got the emotional solar plexus. So I have adrenal and emotional energy yeah. for anyone who doesn't know this. And basically what that just means is that what happens a lot of the time is that I can have an emotional charge to go and do a thing or to think mm -hmm. a thing. And or I can have a, a a drive, like a stress response, which, by the way, I'm thinking is always very similar to like the willpower that you have, the heart center, right? They have very yeah. similar resonances. Yeah. So for me, what very often happens is that I'm resting, quote, you can't see the air quotes that I'm making, <laughs> and I'm sitting on the sofa and I'm watching TV, right? Or I'm reading a book. And then all of a sudden, without me realizing it, I space out and then I think about a problem yes. and trying to solve it. Yes. Yes. So many times I've like started writing articles when I'm watching and resting because mm -hmm. I with our undefined crown yeah. and Ashna, it's just like an idea, but that energy, mm -hmm. when it comes from the mind, when our bodies are like, I'm trying to, that's when it's, when the output doesn't feel as good. Mm. And it's fascinating because your chart, your emotional solar plexus, your root doesn't connect to your throat directly. So it's almost like you can't really express whatever you're moving through. You have to wait for your wave or the other energies to align. Then you go like, time to get into action. So it's like extra waiting. And with the conditioning that you need to look stress waiting. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's also like, it's, it's really funny because it's still something that I haven't quite mastered yet. And I think I will never quite master it because let's be honest, like the pressure centers, the mental pressure, which I don't have, I just have like the undefined mental pressure if I'm the conditioning around it, mm -hmm. but I have the root pressure. There is, it really does feel, and as an energy projector, you'll know this, it almost feels like a, um, you're compelled to almost yes. move that energy. And so you don't have to know how to read a human design chart, but the way, like Jess has already explained, like it's not connected to my throat center. Everything in human design wants to get out into the throat, right? So for me, I have the gate 36 that would technically bridge that gap, right? The gate of crisis, mm -hmm. which it really sometimes fucking feels like. It's just like, oh yeah, well, I have to like, I have to make a big deal out of this idea, out of this out of this solution right now. And that's what it feels like. And I'm just like, well, if I don't do this, then it feels like that's what this expression yeah. is a lot like for me. And then I make it a really, really big deal in my head. And because I have the channel of emoting, the moodiest channel in the entire human design system, like guys, I kid you not. I have a lot of people who have the channel of emoting in their human design chart as well, who are around me. And it's so nice when they hear it's just like, oh, so I, I'm not a moody cow. I'm like, no, 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 no. You just have to <laughs> you're just feeling a lot of things <laughs> we have all the feels yes do you did, did you feel like you were a very moody person prior to learning about human design as a kid I very much like I was your typical 90s emos child I would sit by the window and listen to Avril Lavigne he was a skater boy and <laughs> yeah <laughs> hoping hoping that my schoolboy crush would uh, take his right like see me and be like oh you know yeah <laughs> Um, and then all of a sudden, like my mom will tell you the same thing. She was just like, oh my God, your mood swings. And everyone always gave me a really hard time. So oh. it's almost like I had to rediscover 
how to feel that much again because I I'm pretty baseline sometimes I'm just like yeah I'm not much of a muchness but then it's just like when it comes like it hits I can cry out of nowhere I can be ecstatic out of nowhere because um if you're familiar with the human design emotional waves if you have this particular the 5539 it connects the solar plexus to the root you basically almost look like um a flat line on a heart and then you get like little spikes up and down. a little like i so my 39 gets activated often with the 55 with the transit or some friends and there are days that i wake up i'm like i'm moody today like i'm just like a little bit grumpy i'm yep. like could be my cycle could be whatever and i've just learned to be like you know what it's okay i'm just gonna tell my husband if he tries to help me feel better i'm like I love you. I'm just moody. Let me be moody. And then he's like, okay, <laughs> you know, just recognizing that it's like, oh, you are allowed to be moody. You don't need to like positive think your way out of it or anything like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I think that's such a big thing as well. I mean, for you as well, with an undefined emotional solar plexus, I think what I would like to hear is as well, your example. I always like when I have clients to have my undefined solar plexuses talk to each other and be like, talk about your experience. Because if I tell you, I can like, I'm defined. I can just give you the textbook. I can't tell you what it feels like. Right. right? And I think the thing that they take away the most is this idea of just like, when is something my emotion and when isn't it? Do you want to talk a little bit about this? How that hits you? Oh, that I actually, I think, learned a few years in therapy or just even being around my family. So my parents live in Peru and I see them once a year. And I, when I'm around them, the old dynamics, a lot of them have the undefined roots. So it's just like chaos energy and just like, and I'm like, why am I like feeling so stressed and anxious and moody? And, and then I realized it's not their energy. I'm feeling it in my body. It feels like mine, but I've also noticed the subtle difference when it comes from me or it could stir something that I already had, right? Sometimes when you're already a little bit stressed or mm. sad about something, and then you just feel it even more. So knowing that it's like, knowing that I I am very sensitive. Growing up, they would be like, you used to cry about everything. You're so sensitive. Yeah. And even my body reflects how sensitive I am with like health conditions that sometimes were at mine. When I was full-time, I had a coworker that used to get sick all the time. She sat next to me. And then I was starting to get her health conditions. And I'm like, wait, what's happening? Like for the longest time I was mirroring that and I felt bitter, resentful. And I'm like, what is wrong with my body? Why? Like, why do I get sick all the time? But now I'm like, oh, you just pick up things. So knowing how to release, so I'm not holding on. So I don't have the same symptoms as her. But yeah, very sensitive to the people around me when I do amplify it it feels in my body it feels like and because it is an energy center as well the emotions it can get me into action it can like get me to do things but once I'm out of that aura I feel exhausted and depleted and Mm -hmm. I'm like wait the thing I had set up to do when I had this energy when I was inspired by that energy is completely gone and I can't finish whatever task, whatever goal I said to do, because I was driven by that energy that was in mind to act on it. And what I see a lot of people. That? What I do in that case, a good cry helps me release the energy. I've learned, like I watch, I have like on YouTube playlist cue of like very sad, like movie scenes, Doctor Who scenes, <laughs> you know, things or like in movies that just made me cry once. And I'm like, yes, help me, help me with the tears or a good dance or, you know, kickboxing if I have, you know, go to the gym. But 
physical, anything physical helps me come back to my body. Yeah. I feel like I babble so much and I never know if I answer your questions. No, you are because the whole point of this uh, episode is experience, like experience and how do you experience? Because I think it's not so much about teaching anyone today, but I think we learn so much, especially if you're a projector listening to this. This is still good for anyone else. If you are not a projector, it's still good to listen to this because you might relate to some of the placements that we're going to be talking about, which by the way, do you have a little bit more time or do, do you have I do. hard stop? I, do, okay. I, do. I can't believe so much time has already passed, but yeah, I do. Not like 10 minutes. <laughs> yes, it did. I, 30 minutes. That's what I thought. Yeah. Oh, so, actually, okay. one thing I wanted to add on top of the emotional is being able to name my emotions and mm-hmm. learn how to hold them. That was something I learned years part in therapy like you're feeling angry it's okay how can you hold that and maybe for the undefined maybe if you've been conditioned not to feel you need someone to hold space for you until you learn to do it yourself or even for an emotionally defined right just sometimes help, having someone helps so I could safely feel those emotions in my body if it's crisis if it's anxiety if it's you know sadness or grief and really feel it without feeling that I need to push it away because a lot of it is uncomfortable naming and learning how to hold that yeah mm. that's so interesting because i like the way that i always see the energy centers is always the same coin but one is head and one is tails yes that's the way that i see it yeah right like we we sometimes when when i started learning human design there was always like this big divide of just like yeah but you have an undefined center and you have a defined center and i'm just like but ultimately it's just a slightly different expression and how we use it, right? Yes. One is internal, one's external. Yeah, That's the way that I see it. And so I think it's very similar for us to find solar plexuses. So I'm defined in my solar plexus. So the way that I do it, I need to also define my emotion, but I need to let go of the judgment of them. So it's not so much that I need to hold them. They just are because there's a very mechanical wave. I there's nothing I can do. No amount of holding. It. Oh. No amount of holding. No amount of crying. No amount of dancing. Nothing. I just have to, as they ride. say, ride the wave. How do you support yourself? What do you allow yourself to do? It, when I feel sad, I allow myself to just feel sad. It's still hard to not judge myself for it. I'm not going to lie because because of the work that I do for other people and because fifth line and because guiding other people, there's still this conditioning factor of just like, I need to have my shit together. I can't have a bad day today. I can't do this, which of course is like, you know, one standard for me is up here and everyone else gets off the hook. Right, It's okay for everyone else to be sad, but not me. Um, So I'm still working through this myself. And I think that that's something that if you have, like whether you're defined or undefined, I think this zero judgment, Mm -hmm. the way that you've put it is so beautifully, because again, I can also relate to this, but for me, no amount of crying will shorten the time period of that emotion. No amount of dancing or being happy will shorten it. It is what it is. It's like, it's fixed. It's your emotion, right? And it is guiding you. It's showing you something about the human experience too. Mm. It's fascinating. So I want to talk about your um, G-Center for a moment. That's something that I find that people struggle with. Well, to be honest, everyone struggles with every center on some conditions. So you'll probably hear me say that a lot. But the G-Center, and we both have gate 15. Ah! Gate of extremes. 
<laughs> Tell me a little bit about how you experience this. So when we have a G center, again, uh, if you haven't listened to the episode, it's about expression, self-love, sense of purpose, love and direction, all of these beautiful things. And when you have this defined, so I have this defined, like according to the books, you know who you are, although I have something to say about that in a moment, but I want to hear Jess, you, how does it, like, what does it express itself like for you as like the social chameleon mm. of the human design world? I've always felt very adaptable. Like your last episode of the podcast, you're like, yeah, you might be different with different people. I'm like, sometimes I pick up certain words or intonations and I start, if I'm very comfortable with that person, I start just like repeating it back, the mannerisms, and I'm not trying to make fun of them. <laughs> it just comes out, right? Because I've been amplifying their identity or whatever, you know, their energy, and I'm kind of reflecting this back to them. It just becomes a part, it's like a costume I wear with the Open Identity Center. Yeah. It's like a different piece of clothing that I get to try on, and I get insights, I get wisdom. So what I've learned about or how I experience the center is that I don't know if I'm going to enjoy an experience necessarily unless I'm in it. Somebody with a defined, they might have a sense of like, yes, this is for me. I'm going to try it versus me. I'm like, I don't know, actually, like, let me try it. Maybe other a month, two months. And I'm like, I like this. Other times I feel it right away. I go to a coffee shop. I'm like, yes, I love this place. I'm going to spend time here. So my environment being in places that feel nourishing at the moment is actually like a, you know, data of like, yes spend more time here places where like oh okay doesn't feel good if I ignore that little center that's telling me it doesn't feel good could also be my spleen then it's like I don't end up feeling good my experiences are not good the people I connect with are not good Mm -hmm. and then who I am I feel like you know textbook says I'm supposed I don't know who I am you know I'm searching for love but I maybe it's my defined heart, but I've always felt such a strong sense of self. Like I know who I am. My expression might be different. Like different people bring out different parts of me, but I know who I am at my core. I know what I've wanted. I have no idea how it looked like, how I'm going to get there, but I've known that. I don't know where it comes from yet. Maybe Mm -hmm. defined heart. I don't know. Tell me more about yours. <laughs> so this is, a, I love that you have a very similar thing because again, that's like the part of the textbook where I don't agree, right? Same with some of the other typical expressions where it was just like, oh, people with an undefined emotional center don't have their own emotions. And I'm just like, that's the biggest bullshit that I've ever heard. Of course you yes. guys have emotions. <laughs> Everybody has emotions. You might just not project it to others. <laughs> yeah. And, and also like you guys feel so, like when you feel like you feel it's dialed up. <laughs> it's like, what's happening? <laughs> My best friend has an undefined solar plexus and she's just like, ah, oh, uh. yes. and I'm, and I'm like, I thought I'm extreme with my channel of moodiness, right? With yeah. the channel of emoting, but nothing compared to her. Like when she's sad, she's sad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. And so the same thing with the, with the identity center. And I think it it's, it's always really interesting. So I actually found that sometimes I didn't know who I was really interestingly but again I attribute this to so many things and this is why I always for instance say that there are so many nuances to a chart like the the centers are just like the I don't know your rising sign in 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 astrology it doesn't tell you the whole picture you need all the placements and the houses and how many degrees there are in order to really understand what the personality is that reflects and so for me 
like I'm also a fifth line, right? I'm under this constant pressure of like, and again, this like I've overcome a lot of the conditioning, but it doesn't mean the pressure is like, it's a pressure, right? It's a profile pressure. You feel the projections energetically. That's what I've noticed. You do. And for me, the way like, I don't know who it was, but it was like, he he said it, was it Theo? It might've been Theo. Um, He's just like, there's always this constant paranoia. And it is true as a fifth line, you're always a little bit like paranoid of like, who does this person want me to be? I noticed that when I messaged you, I noticed this. And I say this with my clients as well. Like, I'm always very open and I'm always sharing this is like this this idea of like I don't have all the answers for you mm-hmm. right like I deal with the same shit that you deal with but I'm very good at what I do right like yeah. typical fifth line and so the idea is always like who does this person need me to be right now and if I'm not careful I think that can really affect my sense of identity of just like who mm-hmm. am I in the moment and so yes while I have like, I have quite a bit of definition in my G center. Like I've got the 15, I've got the 10, I've got the seven, I've got the one, right? Like I have quite a lot of definition. People come to me for their sense of identity. Yeah. Um, and especially with the gate 10, the love of humanity, like that's a big boy, right? You've got that one as well. Um, do you want to explain to people what gate 10 feels like? Gate 10? I honestly, this is one of the gates where I feel like it is so deep and also so profound. Does it that sit I don't with you as well? You're in it? Oh, I have two activations, I think. This is like the role, like the behavior of self of yeah. like, who do I need to be? And because I have an undefined G, I don't know who I have to channel, who I, you know, who inspires me to step into that role. Mm. But it's almost like there are different parts of me that I can call out. And it's supported by the places I am, the people I'm around, that expression comes out more easily. Mm. Do you find that, so Karen Curry Parker talks about this a lot, one of the teachers that I absolutely love following, that people with gate 10, so if you look into your human design chart and you see in the little diamond-shaped uh, square in your body graph in the one that's usually yellow if it is defined or obviously if it's undefined it would be white where you see the number 10 she says that people with gay 10 and you and I share this have really really big auras and that's I remember when I read the passage when I was studying her course she was just like people notice you before you enter the room I have noticed that to be true have you I don't think so I don't know it depends. Maybe it de- if in is it if it's in a community of people I know. I feel like there is a draw. Maybe like a fourth line. I need that foundation. I feel that I'm more open to that versus a place I've never been. I would want to hide. I would want to go in the corner. I'm caves as well, so I'm like, mm, oh, you can't go, go into the middle. Go into the corner. Have a wall behind you. Like hide. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love this. Oh, we might have to have a conversation around like the different environments. That would be so cool. Um, dry kitchens. Talk about oh, what's the difference between dry and wet kitchens? So the dry kitchen is basically just the whole idea that you quite like arid environments, and I have to actually say that that's true. Um, I love like humidity for me is okay, but I'd much rather I'd much rather not. So I like sitting in like. Uh, coffee shops where it's not too like even though it's weird they can be steamy but I like sitting in the place where it's not too steamy 
right? So it's really the like alchemist. I like I like sitting where there's people around me. Transformation. Right? The transformation. That's where like the cooking pot is essentially like sitting around the fire and just I don't need to talk to anyone. I just need to know people are there. And that's me down to a T. Right. Uh-huh. So I just I just need to be around places. So might be another cool episode to have conversations about like environments because my um my best friend is mountains. And so she's just like that's what she sees in some of her um, future self visualizations. So she said, everything makes so much sense because I like seeing from the top down. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Oh, so she likes being up. Fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah, I, I just love this conversation around how we each experience each gate. And I think obviously, again, because you have no definition in your G center, you may not feel that gate 10 as much so for me i feel it a lot feel it and like a lot a lot (laughs) and i've also noticed like we've got both the gate 15 the gate of extremes and our mercury as well how does that express for you for you it's unconscious for me it's conscious how do you express so for the gate 15 should we just explain real quick what the gate 15 is the gate of extremes Mm -hmm. the gate of extremes so when I was writing about that on the blog, I, you know, every time I synthesize or just write, I feel like I learn a different layer about it. But this is also the the love of humanity, the the extremes of humanity, the mm. different rhythms, you know, knowing how somebody can be very, very different, but honoring that because that's them. And also, you know, somebody might be on the completely opposite side and do things that we might not necessarily align with but it's also like there is a love for them there is this deep deep love for humanity that cannot be explained and there are times where I'm like I hate humans I don't want to deal with humans I'm tired of people (laughs) you know it's kind of that different extremes and it's also honoring the different extremes and in rhythms you know if you look at nature everything has a rhythm sometimes you know the sun falls at a certain time rises at a certain time and then sets at a different time you know in winter and summer like there's all these different rhythms that oscillate between the seasons between cycles but really embracing it all and sometimes that looks very messy for Mm -hmm. the people in our lives that have very specific routines that wake up the same time every day the gate five has bit more of fixedness to it my husband has a five and I completely right and I completely we disrupt our routine because we're like today we're gonna try this out tomorrow maybe we'll try something else it's almost like we want to experience different extremes different phases and different cycles there are times that I'm like I'm craving for a very specific coffee when I wake up and I have that for maybe a few weeks Mm. a few months and then one day like I don't want to have it anymore Mm -hmm. do you notice yourself moving through these kind of like Oh, absolutely. I have this with everything. So there are times when, and at the moment, it's more like sometimes some of the things can take years for me to change. Other things can take weeks or months. So I used to be someone who wakes up very early in my 20s. Yeah. And now that I'm in my 30s, I'm actually someone who's just like, like I'm a night owl at the moment. Same, same. I would wake up at like seven in the morning in my teens and I used to like chalk it up to like, I'm getting old. I, I need to sleep in. I can't wake up early anymore. I think it's just a different cycle right now I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I need more, just... I'm also on the roof as a forsake. So I feel more kind of exhausted. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're going to be high. a bit like, oh, you know, I've just had enough. I need to integrate this. Yeah. I need to hermit. <laughs> 
oh I love this we'll talk about that in a moment but yeah it's just like some of these different placements and I see that you've again like your whole design side will be almost mirroring exactly what my uh personality side is like so gate 39 I remember gate 39 the gate of provocation was something that I had to battle with so much in the beginning especially because for me it's in my conscious sun your conscious sun is where you're here to shine so what you're here to put out into the world what people see in you even your unconscious son also, but you're not as aware of it. How do you experience this provocation? Because for me, it like I hated the fact that I had this. I, I hate mean, with those projections, like no pressure. Like you're provoking, even you can do it for fun. But the projections, I I just feel like anybody who has projections, they need to navigate that as a fun. It's like bless your heart. Like it's almost like you know nobody really sees you clearly. <laughs> It does sometimes feel that way, but also like, do you sometimes find with the gate 39 that when you get really comfortable around people, you start making jokes and you're like, oh, I can let my guard down. And all of a sudden people like they find you funny up to a point and then they're like, I can't believe you just said that. And I'm like that all the time. And they're like, Jess, there are things that only you can say. I'm like, what does that mean? It's like you say in a way that's not rude, but you don't say those things. I used to get that with my coworkers all the time. And like constantly, I'm like, is that an ESL thing? Because I thought I just had to be in check all the time because I'm from different cultures. You know, I'm like, I just never know. Am I missing any social cues? (laughs) But I think it's a provocation. We are provoking just by being there sometimes without saying anything. Right? isn't that fascinating so you're the first person I actually have this conversation with because like you've probably done this as well or maybe it's like a first line the investigator thing in me but I'm just like I've done so many personality tests so I'm just like maybe like am I am I maybe I don't know is there like some ADHD is there like like I was like I'm probably on the spectrum <laughs> yeah, I'm probably on, like am I autistic am I on the spectrum we love people on the spectrum here on this podcast by the way like there's zero judgment but sometimes having a diagnosis would make things easier because it's like oh well now everything makes sense but there never was a diagnosis I'm just like well am I just here everything is just assumptions I'm like based on these it seems like I have xyz (laughs) so does that just mean I'm rude (laughs) right it's so how do you experience that when you found out that was your like your conscious son you're like oh I'm still I'm still navigating it a little bit so I know that provoke like there's because it's conscious for me I know in a way that I'm sometimes doing it sometimes I like to prod and poke people yeah like energetically and it's and it's a fun thing for me to do when I'm in a very I'm I'm fairly ambivert and I'm pretty sure that anyone who's um unless you're like triple or quadruple split anyone who's a fifth line is pretty ambivert because we like people when we like people right um but when I like people and I go into a space, that was actually a, a, a scenario that I can um, talk about right now. I was invited to a birthday party this last Friday and it was my partner's friends. And obviously I've been with him for like over 10 years. So I've known them for a little while as well, but I still don't consider them quote unquote my friends, even though I, I get invited to some things as well. And so on Thursday, I thought it was Friday for whatever reason. And I started panicking about having to go there by myself because my partner was in LA. And I'm just like, oh, are they going to judge me when I'm there by myself, et cetera, et cetera. So I started like talking myself down. 
then I write a message to the birthday uh, man and I'm just like, hey, would you be really disappointed if I don't come? I don't have my social anxiety in check. And she's just like, oh, but it's tomorrow. Can I do anything for you? So, and then I'm like, oh, okay, so that felt better. So the next day I then go there and I felt more extroverted. And then I felt good and everything felt fine. And then I got to this whole point where I started prodding and poking. So first energetically started sampling and I could feel this. And I'm like, okay, this energy feels quite nice, right? So it's almost playful in a way. It's very playful, I think. I think it is very playful, but I know. And so people, people were responding and kind of, we were having really fun, but I know that when I do it to get a reaction out of someone, Mm -hmm. just to get something out of someone, like if someone's really quiet, if they're like one, three profiles, for instance, and they're just like very into themselves, I sometimes just like poke at them. I'm just like, give me something for God's sake. And that can feel really irritating for people. Well, you also have the 55, so you're able to provoke them and you know, okay, this is what you want to feel or like, this is how we should feel like this is a reaction I want from you. I provoke, but I don't know what the hell I want from them. It's like, I'm like, like poking the monster and I'm like, I don't know. I I, I just wanted to, I just felt this energy, this surge to like poke. And there are environments where I know that I cannot poke. It is not safe for me to poke or like it's not going to be received. Trust me, I've done it many times where I know I can sense the energy. It's like, no, this poking doesn't work. This pun is not going to land. They don't care about these jokes, you know. So learning to, but when my friends, oh, it comes out, I'm just always teasing, poking. And when they say something and there's a projector, I'm like, oh, there's something else underneath. Let me keep poking. And I'm like, well, if you want to share right now, also no pressure, but like, but also, let's be honest, you know, this like, is, you know, good. you want it. And I'm also cross of tension. So whenever I feel the tension, I'm like, oh, there's something there. You want to go there? We can go there. We can go there. Uh-huh. Obviously, if they want to consent is important after poking, before poking. Oh, I love this conversation. It's something that I had the conversation with my client. And to be honest, much to my much to my partner, he has to put up with a lot of with a lot of prodding and poking from my end. And again, like you said, like I. I have the 55, so I prod and poke a lot. And sometimes when I'm in a shitty mood, like I can just like I can spit vitriol. It's like I'm I can be I can just say things just to provoke, just to fight. And then I also have like gate 38, the fight. Sometimes I can just like start fight. So easy for me, right? Like typical Aries energy. And then the <laughs> and then the 51, which is in an undefined heart center, so it's inconsistent, but I can just be like, I can just shock people shock. out of nowhere. Right. With something. And so like this whole package that can sometimes feel a bit much for people. And so I think for you, you've obviously got the advantage with an undefined G center of the wisdom. I'm like, well, no, those people right now, they don't feel it. I don't. I have a defined G center. I'm just like, guys, here, unpack my like, shit. There you go. Mic drop. And he just walk out. <laughs> and and it, it's happened to me so many times where I'm just like, here it is. And then some people take it and then other environments, they're just like, what <laughs> and it's Which at that totally point it's too fine. late at that it's point fine, it's too late right? they've or they're already offended they're already, <laughs> they're brought in and my clients always say that they always say the same thing you probably have the same your clients will do the same thing they're just like I prod them and they're like, Adina, I know you're triggering me. And I always have to sort of explain it to them. I'm like, I'm triggering you on purpose. So I've learned to express this now. Yeah. I've learned to express, look, I'm triggering you. I'm prodding on purpose. Where it hurts is where we need to go. Before I said this to my clients, sometimes they could like 
be resentful. They could be angry with me. They could be frustrated. But when I say it, then they give me that invitation and it feels a lot easier. Yes. I usually ask them like, "Mm, do you want to go there? Something, mm, there's something there. Like you want to go because it's their choice, right? Sometimes we can open a can of worms that it's like, I don't want to leave them to deal with it later. But like, do they have the capacity? I'm like, do you want to dance there? We'll dance. We'll play. (laughs) Always a play from like, this is an adventure. And then we can slowly, safely come back and regulate. (laughs) Oh, I love that. That's, I think that's a really nice way of explaining the gate 39. It's just, it's an adventure. Right. So yeah. it's almost like Indiana Jones. It's like, I wonder what this button does. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then knowing that with every energy, there is a power for good and evil. And we use it like yes. that. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. That so is. Shall we have a quick conversation around like the pressure center, the head, like the mental pressure center? Because yes. people people get this as well. I mean, you and I both were wide open. We have no definition there whatsoever. <laughs> the way that I explain it for myself with this wide open like mental pressure is real y'all yeah <laughs> mental yeah, because pressure. it also it's it triggers mental anxiety like oh because it is energy right we feel it and then if we don't move that energy in a way that supports us at the moment then it's gonna it's gonna express itself in other ways mm. how do you find that it comes through because for me I get really frustrated in my head mm-hmm. when I get very so I, I shared earlier sometimes I sit on the sofa in resting mode you can't see the air quotes I'm making right now mm-hmm. when for some reason I have like root energy or emotional energy and it's pent up and I haven't listened to my body properly because again it's lifelong learning it's not something that we're ever going to be full masters yeah. of right like we're and sometimes there's no space to be like hey what's happening so we just have to you know cope <laughs> yeah so we just have to cope so when I'm then sitting there or if I'm like let's say I want to write a post um or do some marketing or share what it is that I'm doing uh, there's like there's like oh I have a thing that I want to talk about and the moment I sit down to talk about it or write about it it's gone and I give myself like there's a lot of mental frustration because I feel the pressure something wants to move but I don't know how to move it through do you find that uh, I used to yes I still do so I, I my notes app has been my best friend so I start things there and then if there is no energy, if, you know, like it doesn't flow, then I'm like, well, okay, I'll come back to it. And sometimes months after, like once in a while, I'm like, this thing I talked about or this thing that started, I think there's more thing flowing over there. Mm-hmm. So it's very chaotic at times. Yes. Like I can focus on a lot of things and with the undefined roots, sometimes it's just like I'm bouncing off the walls. That's why I have some journal of like main things. If you can tackle one or two amazing <laughs> if not let let yourself be yeah but I think writing it down helps me because otherwise it's just like bouncing in my head it keeps nudging me if I don't write it down it's a good way of putting it yeah so I kind of like ground that energy by like okay I pulled it out almost like the Harry Potter where they pull the memory out I don't know why I'm getting that it's like I pulled it out I put it here fine like and then it stops bothering me as much and then if something keeps nudging me I'm like okay do I need to read more about it it's almost like an invitation if it keeps bothering you it's like okay am I supposed to take action do you want me to write it because it's here it's not going anywhere do you want me to talk about it to someone so it's like a playing with it like what can I do (laughs) or if I know the definition is coming from the transit sometimes I check and I'm like, you know what? My my crown and my ajna is defined. Usually it's not. I want, 
when it's defined, I find that they want to chew on something. So I find something that is, if it's around bedtime, that is not super stimulating. But if it's like during the day, I'm like, oh, okay, I need something more complex or do I need to think about it? Maybe I build up furniture and that's around, maybe I fix the house. It's almost like, how can I direct that energy <laughs> so it doesn't get, get stuck? That's a really good way of putting it because that's something that I've like, I've not looked into that mental energy so much yet because, well, by my design, I have a lot of like energy below my throat. So that's kind of where a lot of my focus goes. Yeah. And because I have a defined throat, like it's easy for me to express some things at some point when something's happening in my mind, I will be able to express it. So you have an undefined throat. So there's like, there's that too. Right. Yeah. Um, so I can talk my way into some mental stimulation. I have noticed like when there's nothing there, I just talk and after like half an hour to an hour, I'm just like, oh, something's there. Cool. It's a bit time consuming. Oh. <laughs> it's a bit time consuming, but that's like, if, if I'm really frustrated with that mental energy, I can do it that way because yeah, I have yeah. that definition in the throat. So something moves, right? Yeah. Whereas you have no, you haven't even got access to your throat at all by the looks no, of things. I don't. And then my, Two of my throat gates are the 12 and the 33. Both of them requires time. Before and they're unconscious. Process. Yes. So I'm just like, when there were, you know, arguments with my husband, I'm like, why can't I express myself? And then I walk away for like an hour or two or a day. I'm like, I know what I was feeling. I know how to say, you know, and the same comes with my writing. Like I need to really reflect on something or my experiences before I can write it out. So at the beginning, I might get an idea. I was like, this is a great idea. But I'm like, if nothing flows, I'm like, there's no energy. Write it down so I don't forget. Because I think part of the anxiety is that your mind doesn't want to forget if it thinks it's a great yeah. idea or something. So I'm like, okay, just write it down. I'll come back to it. Sometimes I don't. There are notes from years ago that I will never look fine. <laughs> yeah. Same. Oh, it's it's fascinating how we how we do it because I can relate so much like my notes app is my best friend sometimes I have fragments of sentences sometimes I have whole sentences the dictation tool for me is something that I use a lot uh, I love it it's yeah, yeah. my voice if I record a podcast by myself and I haven't been working on it like two three minutes I'm like I'm done I have nothing to say I have no energy to guide versus talking to someone where I'm like in the energy I'm like I can move with this because otherwise my throat cracks like the voice gives away yeah for me it's the other way around which I think is another really cool comparison to make right so for for the lower expression of the defined throat and that's something that like I've learned very early on right for all of us our voices are currency right but for me I have no problem gaining someone's attention, but I like I didn't respect pauses at all. I just keep like da 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 da. So for me, it's very easy to just like once I get started, oh, try and stop me. <laughs> yeah. Whereas for you, you said it's the end. I'm just like I'm done after three minutes, and I've always I'm just like I don't know how to keep myself to three minutes. <laughs> I mean, that's also one of your gifts, right? My school presentation, I'm like I did this, I did this, done. <laughs> People are just staring at me. I'm like, what else do you want me to say? But then I've learned from other, like, my creative directors or my teachers where they're like, so, you know, the color I chose was because it was inspired by the breath of the morning. I don't know. That morning breath is not a good <laughs> analogy, but, you know, the, the morning sun or something. And it just goes on and on. And I'm just in awe because once in a while I might be in that space where I can tap into that. Yeah. But not often. <laughs> not reliable. <laughs> I love that. Isn't it? How does that work with you when you have client conversations then? Like how, 
Is this an energy that's quite easy for you to navigate that undefined throat? Yes, because when I'm with my clients, I'm guiding their energy. So that gives me so much. And I'm like tuning, testing them, prompting them, like, where do you want to go? What's happening? What are you not acknowledging? Or like, what do you want to face? So it comes very easy. I have had clients where they just come and they're like, no, I just want you to tell me about me. I don't want to. They have no feedback to give when I'm sharing that energy. And they're just looking at me. They're like, "Mm -hmm." and that is so hard for me because I'm like, you just want me to keep talking for like a whole 90 minutes. Like, give me something to guide. Give me something. And then at the end of it, that's when I doubt myself. Like, oh, gosh, they hated this or maybe they don't like it. And then sometimes I get emails like, Yes. And I get an email. It's like, this was so lovely. I recommended a friend. I'm like, what do you mean lovely? Like I have, I had no way to check your temperature. I spoke nonstop. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> so I'm learning, I'm learning to be more prepared and yeah. also being open for conversations because those feel very nourishing and natural to me. Oh, what about I'm, you? I'm exactly the same, but slightly different nuance. So because I'm an undefined throat, it's very easy. Uh, sorry, a defined throat. It's very easy for me. Like, let's say when I have readings, I think readings is a really good example because you do end up talking a little bit more because you're describing someone's body graph, right? Um, so anyone can like, doesn't matter whether you know about a reading, you basically help interpret your body graph to the person that is currently requesting a reading. And so for me, it's very easy to then just like keep going. And also again, as a first line profile, the investigator, I can give too much like TMI. And so I have to really check myself. Like if they don't give me a cue, I will just keep going. So I need to force myself to do the exact opposite of what you're doing, where I, I sometimes have like a little timer on my watch or I, I force myself to click on a watch and like, okay, I've been talking for 10 minutes. You need to ask them a question. So like, are they still okay? Are they listening? Because energetically as a projector, you can feel if someone's plugged in, right? Right, right. And you, you also can... want to know like, does it land? Like help me guide guide you. You want to be guided. That's why you, you came here. I don't want to just information dump, but some people just come here to listen. Mm-hmm. And they're like, mm-hmm, I'm good. I'm like, okay. And I can information dump. <laughs> You're that really was one of my it, biggest problems. Sorry. No, you're so good at it. Like throughout the podcast, I've been admiring every time you're like, just a bit more context. So this is the energy. I'm like, you're so good at teaching. I just wanted to like call that out. <laughs> oh, thank you for that. I think that's like typical five one defined throat behavior though, right? Like for I, me, I don't know if it's typical, but you've also worked there and like you're very good at just like putting the pieces yeah. together. You know, it is maybe typical, maybe not. It's Take it. Take it. Thank you. I, I will receive that. Thank you so much. I feel very seen. Thank you. So like, what was I trying to say? So yeah, for me, it's very like easy to just information dump. And the thing that I had to force myself to learn is to slow down my tempo, mm-hmm. right? Like defined throat. I can just say too much and I can just keep yapping on. And I can information up like people want the information, but it's very easy to then become overwhelmed. And as a first line, I will always have more knowledge than is absolutely necessary because I'm building that foundation. And so that's like for me in my business, that's something that I had to like really, really learn in my early blog post. I would go so deep and so detailed and I'm like, yeah, but I need to give them everything that I have. Mm -hmm. No one would read it. And I'm just like, why? I'm giving you everything. This is so knowledgeable. And then it's just like, but no one's asked for it, 
right? So if you're, again, projector, no one's asked for it. There was no invitation. There was no recognition yet. Then too much information, too much foundation. Also, I didn't ask for it. I wasn't solving a problem for my people in my external world. Also, I wasn't going out. So when I started in business, that was really frustrating for me because I'm like, why is no one seeing me? The information that I'm giving you is so good. So I had to force myself to pull back on some information because it's just too much. Right. And you weren't getting anything in exchange, right? Because you, you're here for an energetic exchange. You're here to give people what you know mm-hmm. and they get something back and you're just giving and it wasn't landing. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you want to talk about bitterness on your Let's end? Because it. I know we kind of skip over, like we've been jumping all over the place, but like, yeah. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. So bitterness for me is, it used to be my nemesis. So when <laughs> it used to be my nemesis. So before I learned about human design about like five, six, seven years ago, I don't know how long ago, but quite a while ago. Um, and I think it'd be good to explain again how I got into human design because that explains how bitter I felt. Mm-hmm. So as a school child, I told you that as a teenager, I was like a very like your typical 90s emo kid. I was just like, just like, oh, where is me? I'm so sad. Pay attention to me. Like I wasn't that bad. Like I wasn't constantly sad, but I was like, if you grew up in the 90s, you know exactly what I mean, right? Like, just Google 90s emo kid. That was me. Um, and when I started my business, I was in this like expensive mastermind and tried to learn. She's a manifesting generator. So she just like, right? Like she just gets shit done, shortcuts left, right and center. And I'm trying to keep up with this. And with my provocation in my conscious son, that was one of the things that we had to learn. We had to learn to create provoking content. So to me, that felt like home, right? What I didn't realize is that was a shadow expression, right? So we had to learn to craft and curate provoking content so we can get a reaction out of people. I don't know her design, but I wouldn't be surprised if she also has a 39 in her chart, right? So I was doing everything that she said, right? And at at the end of the program, she, like I say to her, I'm like, look, this isn't like, I'm doing everything. And in front of everyone, she's like, yeah, I can kind of see that. Like she couldn't argue with it. She couldn't argue with it. And then she's like, well, what's your human design? I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And then she's just like, well, go do the thing. And then um, tell me what you ask. And I'm like, I'm a projector. I have no idea what that means. She's just like, well, then of course none of this will work for you. I'm like, you need to what now? the hell? Shouldn't that be the thing at the beginning? I think, I think what happened is I'm no longer bitter about it, but I was at the time, right? So this is bitterness for me. So I was just like, you're telling me now you've wasted my time. Woe is me. Like I'm the victim. I've wasted so much time. I'm such a failure, right? So this is yeah. what it felt like for me. And then I had this point in time after I learned about Projector where I was consuming all of this content where I felt so validated and so seen learning about my design, but I felt also so bitter about it because I'm like, why am I a Projector? Why am I the one who has to wait for the invitation? Everyone else gets to just respond, right? So that's what it felt like for me. What about you? I was so like, encapsulate it in your story I'm like keep going (laughs) (laughs) I mean I can keep going right define throws easy for me yeah I I just like wait well what are you asking about me when we're talking about um it the bitterness I noticed was when I was working 
with people. I was still designing mm -hmm. and there were clients where the recognition was like, they saw me as a human being and had other clients that were so good on paper, like good, mm -hmm. like entrepreneurs, startup spirit, heart center focus, you know, all the buzzwords. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> but every time I was there, I was not seen. I didn't feel like they saw me as a human being. I was also mm -hmm. referred oh, often referred to like, oh, that's my designer or she did that. Or like people oh, will compliment the stuff that. and they're like, oh, that was my designer. Well, I've been in other places where I never asked where they're like, oh my gosh, it's this person called Jess. And like, I never asked for that, but it was nice. She's just, she also does that. And then they're like sharing my work and I'm like sharing me as a person versus that place that was, I was always just a piece in a, you know, I, yeah. And then when I told them, you weren't hey, just, you were just a correct. I was just their designer. And yeah. like, I would see the comments and people was like, oh, the, the designs are beautiful. And they're like, oh, it's our designer. And like, you know, fine. I didn't need to be out and center, but even like when I was going through life things, you know, I was getting engaged and I was, you know, they had this practice, like this physical office I would go to. And I, they wouldn't talk to me about any other, like it never went deeper. It was always so transactional. Mm. They were also late on their bills and the bitterness was just building and building. I'm like, oh my gosh. But I thought it was my lifeline because, you know, that allowed me to create my business, that freedom yes. of like design. And they had the entrepreneur tips and connections. I made no connection there. Everybody I met felt <laughs> like my body, even now my shoulders are like, this was not my place. It is a great place for a lot of other people, not for me. So the bitterness was just like, <gasps> and even when I quit, I told them, Hey guys, like, you know, I'm so happy to work with you for like two, three years. I, you know, choosing another path, no response, never Same. acknowledged my email. Same. So the you feel the same. So I'm like, oh, that was such a wrong person for me versus other people I've worked with that we're still in touch. We talk about, you know, more than just design. It, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've never put two and two together. I've had the same experience when I left my job. There was no recognition. Like twice I left a job, once to go to another job to be in like the interim. And the colleagues that I got on very well with, like they threw me a little party, which was nice. But my actual bosses, they were just like, oh, you leave? Oh, okay, cool, fine. Yeah. Like no recognition for the no work. Recognition. No the recognition. The bitterness was like, that was so wrong for you. But it's funny because I, every time I went there, even I tried to socialize or make small talk, I always it left a bitter taste in my mouth. Like every time I'm like, oh, those are weird. I'm like, maybe I just can't connect. Maybe, you know, all those excuses, you know, maybe I'm ESL, maybe it's fine, you know? And then other places I would just go to the communities and I just feel so instantly relaxed. Like you and I, we just kind of technically met directly today, but like, you know, I feel seen <laughs> by you. I feel like I can talk to you. Those, it was, yeah, it was very transactional. It's like... <laughs> I love this. Like, again, tell me, tell me this stuff isn't real. Like we, we look at the charts and we look at how it connected. And I mean, if, if we're being very technical about how people would plug themselves into the human design, right? Like, even though I don't always subscribe to the idea of just like, oh, you look at someone's chart and you can find their people, but in an, in all technicality, right? Like we fill each other's gaps in our human design chart, right? Like my, uh, 2057 would give you access to the throat. We would give each other access to the solar plexus. You give me a heart definition, right? So there's like, there's like a lot of um, bridge gates that we bridge with each other with these things, which yeah. I think is really cool. And traditionally we would say in human design that 
the more you bridge with people, the more you get get along with them, right? I think that there's take it with a grain of salt because that's yes, pretty it, much. Like, I have people where I'm like, oh, we bridge a lot, and I'm like, you're, I don't, yeah, you're, I don't, I'm I just sorry, don't like I, you. I, just, I don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, so that's why I'm like, the chart is half of the picture. Our conditioning, how we feel, yeah. that is, listen to that. Don't just look at something that looks great on paper because that's what I did with those people. It was great on paper. It was a great opportunity. I was venturing. I was starting my own business. Mm. They were an entrepreneur group with so many connections mm. so of course that's a great place for me I hated it <laughs> oh god it just wasn't for me I just I, honestly I love this conversation so let's end this particular conversation on what success mm-hmm. for a projector feels like because I think that that's always what we're really looking for and also any advice that you might have for non-energy types that you find like hey guys just just try this and then um, we'll we'll start wrapping it up because like, like I could probably talk to you for another like five hours and it will feel like five I minutes. I can't believe so much time has passed, but I'll stay focused. Success for me, something that I've you know I've learned and just by looking at other people, success is so personal, mm. especially for a projector. Understanding what we need right now, our success might change along the years, but if we've been very out of alignment learning that we're a projector, finding our version of success right here and now is important of like, what does our body need? What have we neglecting? <laughs> what have we been neglecting about ourselves? How can we just create an environment where we get to connect with the people mm-hmm. that feed us, that nourish us, have deep conversations that truly see us? Because I feel like when we have a good, a good community or just a group a good foundation of people that really see and recognize us, especially as a projector, it helps us lean into ourselves more. And when we recognize ourselves, create that environment to recognize ourselves, then invitations come, then success starts to be more frequent. Yeah. There's another thing that could make us really bitter when we still haven't found that success. Hmm. Like, oh, how do you recognize yourself? But I completely agree completely agree the moment you start to recognize that you have something to give and almost like give yourself the recognition that you crave from other people so that you don't need it from others that's when you get it it's like life's biggest oxymoron right the thing that you want you need to surrender yes and it's gonna be uncomfortable so uncomfortable I had to like untangle all the mindset all the stories I had and recognizing myself because my tangent 48 in my conscious son is like mm-hmm. gate 40 gate of death and the inadequacy the shadow expression oh that was in how I showed up in my business yeah. how I showed up in everything because I felt so inadequate like I never knew enough and I had heavy conditioning around that like if I wasn't the best at something if I wasn't winning a war then why even try like that was my first yes. trying to like you know build a thick skin for me but it it made me feel so inadequate. So having the people that would recognize me and slowly being able to accept compliments and really ground into that without, you know, overinflating my ego or anything like that. But just that recognition from friends helped me build like a safety around my body and myself. Mm. That was always like any gate in the spleen or in the solar plexus, they're always like big ones if they're in like your top four and like the earth and the sun placements because they can like fear expressions. They're heavy. The fear are there and their energy too. So they're going to make you move, compensate Mm -hmm. if you're not aware of it. 
Mm, yeah, the 48 is a big one. But I mean, in a, in a way, it's nice that it's conscious for you, right? Because if it was the other way around, <laughs> who knows what like, I'll be doing? <laughs> why, why am I like this? Good thing I'm provoking people in my unconscious. I'm fighting people in my unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of human design humor right there for you. <laughs> It's just like, it it feels really nerdy to have like these human design, like Intel jokes, but they are funny. If you know, you know. Yes, we can relate because it also hits some deep truths. (laughs) There was an Instagram reel that I saw the other day, and I'm going to paraphrase majorly, but basically it's just like, people always tell me how funny I am. It's just like, yeah, it's my trauma. Yes, yes. That's basically where my humor comes from dispersing awkward situations or do you think I learned it I it's half coping mechanism <laughs> yeah half energy we have <laughs> yeah sure oh I love this oh so I'm gonna just close this off with success for how I feel it so everything that I've already heard from you rings very very true this whole like recognize yourself I'm also a big proponent for projectors in particular to create an environment where you can be invited So it gives us something to do. And I think that for energy projectors like you and I, so if you haven't got a a heart center, the solar plexus or the root defined as a projector, then you're not an energy projector is what we would say. I find the term a little bit misleading, but that's a conversation potentially for another day. Um, But I find that for us, anyone who has an energy center defined, we almost need something to do. The waiting is unbearable almost. And so if we get, if we get given the idea of just like create an environment where you can be invited, I think that's something that was really helpful for me. That's what I teach my projector clients as well. And that's like, well, how do you want to get invited? And it almost gives them something to do, which inevitably makes them wait and play mm-hmm. a little bit more. And all of a sudden, a sudden that success comes in. Yes, right. Yes. It's like also the the notion that we have to be seen to mm-hmm. be recognized or not. Right. And that's, just really honing onto like, how, how do I feel comfortable? Do I feel comfortable being seen? How do I take up space? What spaces do I want to be at? Mm-hmm. That's it. Because sometimes so much of this is really just be yourself. It sounds mm-hmm. so cheesy, but it's really be yourself. Do the things you enjoy. Like you're not just static waiting for life to happen. Mm-hmm. You are living life. Do the things you love. And you'll see, like talk to the people you're curious about. Reach out to the people you're fascinated or not fascinated, curious about. You just want to poke them <laughs> see what comes up and you know that's the waiting part for your energy you're not waiting you're not static you're living life you're taking care of yourself you're doing the things that bring you joy and people gravitate to that when mm-hmm. you're like you know very when you're obsessed with a topic when you're obsessed with I don't know Christmas trees or like <laughs> I just look at your Christmas tree right now or like you know holiday decor and something about that lights you up people want to talk to you the right people that want to hear about it they do and I think it's a, a thing that's again universal timing it's the perfect wrap-up for this episode because like you said you were in an energy of play when you felt oh, I'll just check my messages today. Like, I don't know how often you don't check your messages, but I was in an energy of play myself. 
and again, I was playing with myself and North Nodes. I was just like, and what my North Node and my conscious side is the gate 55. So I'm very excited to see oh. what that comes up. And just like, so it's the gate of like abundance of spirit. So I'm very excited to see the kind of people that are coming up there. And when I read that you have the gate 29 in your South Node, so the thing that I searched for isn't actually the thing that we got to talk about the notes but who knows maybe you feel like you want to come want to come on again and we'll talk about the notes because I think the notes are like a whole can of worms entirely where it's like themes and how do we see these themes and oh god so fascinating um we got the point I was trying to make right now but oh yeah that you like we were both in this energy of playfulness and usually I don't message people out of the blue. It's not something that I do because, again, projector energy. If I haven't been recognized, then I won't do it. But every once in a while, I get this nudge and I'm just playful and I'm playfully prodding, playfully poking. I was completely detached from the outcome. I was just like, if you see it, you see it. If you don't, you don't. At worst, you've got a nice little like fangirl moment in your email or something. Right. Like in my head, that was the worst thing that could have happened. I was just like, the worst thing that could happen is that she reads the note. She's not interested, but she's got a little bit of like a fangirl love note going on there. I'm just like, that's not a bad thing. Doesn't make me a bad person. Doesn't make me a failure. It just is. Right. Right. Like building the capacity to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. I think it's the the thing that as a projector, maybe we can have a whole episode because it's coming to me as you're talking. I'm like, yeah, building the capacity for like, I'm going to reach out. It might feel like rejection, but it's okay with that. Like, how do I, you know, regulate? Is it the end of the world? <laughs> do, you know, those kind of things that we have to do as entrepreneurs, especially, you know, for your audience. It's like, yeah, how do I get the invitations? <laughs> how do you get the invitation? Especially because if you read traditional, like I'm I'm in a few projector Facebook groups and I actually don't vibe with them anymore because sometimes and, and I did the same thing in the beginning, right? I used being a projector as an excuse to not do things. Mm. Um so it's just like, no, I'm a projector. I I can't DM people. And or, traditionally I would say yes. It doesn't really work, but there's always a but. There's a tiny asterisk, and the asterisk is really when you can detach yourself, you can reach out and do whatever, like as long as you're playful about it. Yes. Cause we also get energy from the transit. So sometimes we get a burst of energy. doesn't mean we become another type, but we get that. And like, if we honor grounded in ourselves, it can't steer us like completely wrong. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, again, it might be a conversation for another time. There's so much to unpack, but I absolutely loved having this conversation again if we were not careful i could probably talk to you for another like five hours jess how can people find you if they want to have similar conversations with you if they want to work with you if they want to hang out with you how can people find you where do you hang out um i sometimes i'm on social media (laughs) um at jess.lock j-e-s.l-o-c-k and then my website wholeandunleashed.com that's where i write about the gates that's kind of my little hub (laughs) that's where i found you i'll definitely put any of these links in the show notes is there anything that like if if people want to get access to you that you want to offer people at the moment um i have a sale going on yeah (laughs) i have a sale going on for like a until i don't remember the date but like two weeks from now i don't know when this episode is airing even i can honor it if you listen to this episode after but I forgot to code. <laughs> that's that's all right. I'll actually, website. you'll find some information. 
<laughs> you'll 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 be actually on this Friday in two days just because I love this conversation so much and I need people to hear it and because it needs to be the episode after episode seven where I talk about the little quirks like it cannot be any other way so it's going to be pretty fast okay I'll send you all the all the codes and all the things because my mind is not <laughs> it's too excited right now yes <laughs> so i'll put everything in the show notes give jess a follow honestly like i hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as i had fun recording this um i wouldn't be surprised if i asked jess to come back online again and we'll talk other things if there are particular topics that you want us to cover i'm going to put a comment and poll option underneath the spotify i think only spotify allows me to do that otherwise please just email me under hello at adinacroll.com or send me an instagram note about topics that you want me to cover um specifically like with any other type as well or with jess again um we we get her to commit to coming back on again like you have a choice i'm excited i'm excited actually i we've been talking for like two hours and it feels and it feels like it doesn't feel like it yes this felt so nourishing and fun so thank you for having me here it's been just fun. <laughs> same. I, I honestly, I feel exactly the same way. I feel so nourishing and fun. Thank you so much for coming on here. And yeah, I will uh, air this on Friday. So it's going to be very exciting. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Wealth Rebellion podcast. If you enjoyed the show and if you enjoyed the episode, please consider subscribing on your podcast platform of choice. And of course, Any of your five-star reviews are always appreciated. Thank you so much and see you in the next episode.